counsellor or a psychotherapist wanting to attract more clients more simply, then you, lovely person, are in the right place. Because I'm here to help you navigate marketing and remove any confusion and overwhelm that you might feel. Oh, and ditch that critical, nagging inner voice too. So each week I'll offer you inspiration, motivation and practical advice so you can get your marketing done and then get on with your life. I'm Jane Travis and welcome to the Grow Your Private Practice show. It's great to have you here. Hi and welcome back. And if it's your first visit, it's really brilliant that you found us. I hope you have a good stay. Now, today, I'd like to talk about something that's really important to me. And in fact, it's something that I'm really passionate about, so much so that it literally underpins everything that I do within the Grow Your Private Practice membership. And that is making therapy more accessible to people. Now, before I go on, just to be really clear about this, I'm not referring to you reducing your fees. I'm not referring to you offering more concessions or working for free. I have always believed that therapists work really hard and deserve to be paid well for the work that they do. By the way, whilst you're on the subject, when did you last increase your fees? Just have a little bit of a think about that. No, what I really mean is that there needs to be a change in perception of what counselling is and what counselling does. Kind of, I think that we need to give counselling a bit of a modern makeover because I think that therapy needs a rebrand. So today I'm going to do something a little bit different. So in this episode, I'm going to share with you the introduction of the Grow Your Private Practice book, my book, which I you know, wrote a couple of years ago, where I talk about the therapy rebrand movement. I talk about what it is who it's for, and how to get involved. Because as a therapist in private practice, the more people feel comfortable about going to counselling, the more clients that you're going to attract, the more clients that you're going to be able to work with, and the more that those clients are going to see the results. And of course, then there's going to be that word of mouth. So the result is that you're going to increase your income. So before I start, let me just share with you my latest free resource, which is a guide all about how to attract therapy clients by helping instead of selling, which sits directly within the therapy rebrand movement. So to get the guide, just go to janetravis.co.uk slash help not sell. Okay, here's the introduction to the Grow Your Private Practice book, and I really hope that you enjoy it. Therapy rebrand. So I'm Jane Travis. I was a counsellor since 2005. So I was a counsellor actually for 14 years. And I'm on a mission to change the face of therapy. Together, we're going to give therapy a rebrand and change the way that people view the work that we do. Let's shift the public perception of counselling and psychotherapy to benefit all, to benefit our clients, to benefit ourselves and the communities around us. Now, I ask counsellors and therapists from in the the Grow Your Private Practice Facebook group. I used to have a free Facebook group. It's not there anymore. But when I did, there was about six and a half thousand people in there. And I I put out there, what reaction do you get when you tell people that you're a counsellor? And it was really interesting. We got all sorts of different replies. So people said things like, people would respond by saying, oh God, you're not going to analyse me, are you? Or 
don't try your psychobabble nonsense with me or so it's just a cup of tea and a chat then or who needs counselling? I just talk to my friends. Somebody said, well, I couldn't do that. Just listening to people moaning all the time. I don't know if you've ever had anybody say that to you or things like, oh my goodness, can you read my mind? What am I thinking now? Which is silly really, isn't it? Some people said, well, my mum doesn't believe in therapy or even my brother had counselling and it actually made him worse. Some people had said back to them, well, you don't look like a counsellor, which is quite hilarious, really. Or so basically you just sit and ask how people feel. Or they might say, oh, sorry for swearing. They might feel that they've got to sort of change the way that they act. Or, well, I'm having a problem with, you know, whatever, and they want some advice on it. So they want some free counselling from you. They might say, well, are you one of those airy, fairy, hippie people? Or they might just say, well, don't you get really fed up of listening to people whining on and on? Now, a therapist tip here really is if people think you're going to analyze them, there are two things that you could do. You could try saying to them, well, look, you know when I'm analyzing you because I'm going to charge you or I wasn't, but I am now. (laughs) So I want to ask you, have you ever heard any of these? Have any of these ever been said to you? Or even have you ever said any of these? Have you ever wanted some counselling for yourself to look at an issue, but for some reason you haven't gone ahead with it? I want to ask you, you know, why was that? Because it's really worth us reflecting on this because it might give us an insight on why others may be being put off from going to counselling. So those examples that I've just talked about are kind of fun, but there were also some different responses, something a little bit more serious. So some people said things like, If they say that they're a counsellor, people might say they might get anything from intrigue to suspicion. Suspicion, feeling suspicious of us because we're counsellors. It's interesting, isn't it? Some people said, well, I just don't say what I do in social situations anymore. So we're kind of hiding the fact that we're counsellors. That's not going to help us in private practice, is it? Somebody said people run away and hide because they think I'm psychoanalyzing them. That's quite an extreme response, isn't it? But we need to be aware that people have this response to counselling. Somebody else said, I sometimes feel nervous telling people what I do. And again, we've got to think, why is that? Why do we feel nervous telling people that we're counsellors? Why aren't we proud about it? Why aren't we shouting it from the rooftops? Some people said they found it a real conversation stopper. And somebody even said people back away and find somebody else to talk with. Can you imagine being at a party and people back away when they find out that you're a counsellor? Now, some of these responses were repeated by many different people, which is worrying for two reasons. The first is that people have such a negative response to counsellors or counselling and that these responses are bringing about fears within us when we talk about what we do, which impacts our ability to be visible and therefore to attract clients. So what does this say about the public perception of counselling? Well, it says that therapy is treated with suspicion. You know, don't analyse me. It says that we are undervalued. You know, people often say, so basically, do you just say, how does that make you feel? And it also makes people feel awkward you know, they might say sorry for swearing, sort of like we're royalty or we like the headmistress or, you know, that that maiden aunt that you have to be very careful, be careful of your P's and Q's when you're around them. 
And the problem is, if we feel awkward talking about therapy, the public will never understand what it is that we really do. And that makes us feel undervalued, which then stops us talking about what we do, and it creates a vicious circle. And that's not going to do much for improving perceptions around counselling. I want to talk for a moment about counselling being seen as a punishment. And it it makes me think about when I visited a friend, her daughter had been found to have committed some sort of heinous crime, something like eating sweets. I, I don't know, I can't remember. But she was being told off in front of me, much to both my embarrassment and her daughter's massive embarrassment. And after telling her daughter off for quite some time, she said, if this carries on, you'll end up having to see someone like Jane. And I was sat there and I thought, wow, because this wasn't said in a, don't worry, darling, we'll get you some help sort of way. This was said in a, this is going to hurt sort of way. And it made me think, is this really how she sees me? Is this how people see us as counsellors? Because if it is, it's hardly surprising that people are terrified of going to therapy. Now, some people think accessing counselling means that they're broken and need fixing. And some people think that accessing counselling means that they're stupid and weak and silly. Or they might think that we're going to judge them. Or they might think we're going to tell them what to do. Or they might think that we're going to try and make them do something that that they don't want to do. They might think counselling is a punishment somehow for not getting it right. It being life, I guess. So what if private practice focused on prevention? People associate counselling with mental health issues. But can you imagine how much better it would be for them to invest in some therapy before it got to the point of a doctor's visit and time off work, to be able to get help when they first notice they have low mood or are struggling with an aspect of their life or relationship, rather than waiting until they reach rock bottom. Now, this isn't a new concept. I think many counsellors and psychotherapists want this. In fact, probably all counsellors and psychotherapists want this. So how can we make this happen? Well, have a think about it. People have no shame around getting coaching. On the contrary, it's seen as personal development and people are proud of getting coaching. They might even boast about getting coaching. Well, counselling really is like coaching with bells on. Business coaching to help to improve your business because you love your business and think that it's important to spend money on it and invest in it. That's seen as very positive. Life coaching shows you how to value yourself and want to improve your life. That's seen as really positive too. So what if visiting a counsellor to help to improve the quality of your life and relationships and increase your self-acceptance was seen as extremely positive too? What if counselling was the best self-care you could give yourself? The client's relationship with a therapist is one of the rare times in life that somebody is on your side 100% with no judgment, no advice, no telling somebody what to do, no hidden agenda, just 100% focusing on the client and their needs. I mean, how wonderful does that sound? So how can we convey this message to the public? How can we let them know who we help? what we help with, and how they're going to feel afterwards. 
that we're there for them, that we're there to work hard to truly understand them and to be 100% on their side. Well, this is something that I explore in the Grow Your Private Practice book. Part of being a private practitioner is spreading the word that counselling helps to address many issues and can help people to feel more comfortable asking for needs to be met or to be able to say no to unwanted requests or to feel less anxious in social situations or to sleep better or even to stop self-harming, to not be haunted by guilt and shame, to drop coping mechanisms that no longer help. Because if you don't, they're going to move on and find somebody else that does. Let's talk about fear for a moment. Now, I remember the very first time that I went for counselling back in my early 20s, and I was terrified, absolutely terrified. I knew I needed help, but I had literally no idea what to expect. Back then, back in the dark ages, there weren't so many counsellors around, and I found the details of someone local. She was psychodynamic, which couldn't have been more terrifying for me because I had to lay on a couch while she sat just behind my field of vision, so I couldn't even see her. And for some reason, I thought our sessions were being filmed or recorded in some way. No idea where that idea came from, but it was there all the same. And I barely said anything. And as a psychodynamic therapist, neither did she. (laughs) So I'd listen to the clock ticking loudly and I'd watching the hand barely move as time slowly crawled around. And then afterwards, I would pay my hard-earned cash and slink away, telling myself off for not saying anything. Stupid, stupid, stupid. (laughs) That was my experience. That's a true story. Now, people get scared about going to therapy. They're going to go and talk about their most raw and painful memories, their most embarrassing or shameful stories. They're going to lay themselves open and be vulnerable to an absolute stranger. And their only experience of this previously may have ended in ridicule. So yes, there's fear and a lot of it. So it's our job as private practitioners to take away some of that fear And we can do that in the way that we communicate with them in everything that we do. Now, let's just look at mental health for a moment. I'm from the UK and here in the UK, counselling is available for free on the National Health via your GP. And recently, a lot of work has gone into raising the awareness of mental health issues, which is valuable and important work. But now that people's awareness has been raised, what do they do? So counselling is accessed via your doctor. So you go to your GP when you're ill, don't you? Therefore, counselling is seen as something that's for people with mental illnesses. And let's face it, most people don't identify with having a mental illness. They don't even consider that they have a mental illness. And this means that they don't get the help that they need and therefore feel increasingly worse until it does then become a mental health issue and they do have to visit their GP when it might become something like depression. People access counselling for many reasons, as you know, not just mental health crisis. Things like the breakdown of a relationship or bereavement or low self-esteem or stress or work-life balance, to name just a few. So if they're feeling lonely 
or anxious or worthless, or if they're struggling to communicate with their partner, or if they're consumed by grief, which people understand if your grief is because you've lost a a partner or a parent. But what if that grief is for a much-loved pet or even a celebrity? Then they tell themselves not to be so silly, that they're just weak and that it should just pull themselves together or that nobody else feels like this. You need to just man up or you need to just, you know, sort yourself out. Many people might think they've done something wrong or failed in some way to be in the situation where they need this type of help. They may feel that this proves that they just aren't strong enough or are simply just not good enough. Now, you might have had this. Maybe you've had a client apologizing for wasting your time because they should be really happy because they've got a house or they've got a job. And then they go on to tell you about the years of neglect and sadness and loneliness and feeling worthless or or abuse. Or you might have had clients that apologize for being there because they feel sure that there are so many other people that need help more than they do, and then go on to share similar horror stories. If the perception is that going to counselling is a punishment or shameful, that means that they failed or makes them feel that they have to go and almost feel like they have to stand in front of a stern headmistress and be made to feel small because of their misdemeanours or they're going to run for the hills. So if people, and by people, I mean if your potential clients think that counselling is a punishment, why on earth would they spend their hard-earned money to access it? They know they're going to have to face painful stuff, so why would they put themselves through all that? We get very mixed messages as as therapists. On the one hand, we're told that counselling is really important. It's transformational. It's life-changing. It's even life-saving. We save lives. I wonder how many people don't kill themselves after getting help. In fact, on many TV shows, they have a resident therapist to help callers and guests with the issues that come up. And the answer to virtually every problem is go and see a counsellor. So there's also kind of a perception that within six sessions, this magical six sessions, we're going to be able to fix any problem or any issue that people have. So it seems that we're really miracle workers. We can do anything. We can do it all within six sessions. But on the other hand, we're also told that there's no money available to fund this. So you can't have a salaried job. And God forbid we get paid to do this much needed vital work. Our many varied and hard worked for qualifications are now not enough. We're expected to jump through increasingly smaller hoops that are now being set on fire. Organisations and charities sometimes take advantage of our generous nature and our desire to help people. And we find it hard to stand up to that. So we carry on working for free. And let's just think for a moment how therapists are portrayed in the media. Well, there's Frasier, a popular show, but let's face it, he's a really pious snob who's not really relatable to anybody. And he's certainly not like like the wonderful therapists that I know. So often therapists are portrayed as writing on a notepad as somebody lays on a couch. That doesn't happen very often, does it? Or increasingly, we're seeing bad therapists on TV 
that are highly ineffectual and unethical with no boundaries and no ideas about confidentiality. And again, that's not like any of the counsellors that I've ever met. So given that many people seem to be afraid of us and our alleged magical powers, I think it's time for a rebrand because therapists that I know are just people. They're warm, they're friendly, they're compassionate, they're accepting, and they're pretty damned wonderful people, actually. Now, the client's relationship with the therapist is one of the rare times in life that somebody is on your side 100%. There's no judgment, no unasked for advice, no being told what to do, no one kind of competing with you. You know the type. If you've got a headache, they've got a migraine. Or sometimes we have people who are just waiting for you to stop talking so that they can start talking about themselves. So basically in counselling, there's no hidden agenda ever. Now that doesn't sound like a punishment to me. So how can we convey this message to the public? How can we let them know who we help, what we can help with, and what results they can expect if they take action? Now you might be thinking, well, I can't promise results. Well, no, quite rightly, you can't. You cannot and should not be promising potential clients results. That would be completely unethical. However, you can and you should be letting them know that you can help them. Otherwise, why would they bother coming to you? And we actually talk more about that in chapter 14 on messaging in the book. People want a solution for their problem. No one ever wants to feel like they need counselling. So it's our job to convey the benefits of counselling to clients and let people know that we can help. We have to let them know that they can expect to maybe feel more comfortable asking for their needs to be met or to be able to say no to unwanted requests or to feel less anxious in social situations or maybe to sleep better or to feel more confident or to stop self-harming or to not be haunted by guilt and shame or to start understanding themselves better, or to recognise self-sabotage behaviour, or to drop those coping mechanisms that are no longer helping. Because if you don't let them know that you can help, they're going to move on and find somebody else that does. As private practitioners, it's our job to help change these attitudes towards therapy. It helps the public, it helps the NHS, it helps communities, it helps individuals, and it helps us. So let's talk about therapy being the best ever quality of self-care that you can give yourself. That therapy is about prevention and by accessing it, when you first notice that you're struggling, you can prevent it from becoming more serious and being a fully blown mental health issue. We can convey this message through everything that we do. So when somebody at a party says, oh God, you're not going to analyze me, are you? Instead of feeling really awkward, you could come back with, oh no, I don't do that. I just help people to have more fulfilling lives. Doesn't that feel a bit better? We can convey this message through the social media posts that we write, through the blogs and other content that we produce, through our websites and through everything that we say and everything that we do. Let's make our message, counselling is the best gift that you can ever give yourself. Let's take away the shame around therapy and make people proud to be looking after themselves. 
let's raise the counselling of counselling. Are you going to join the therapy rebrand movement? Okay, so that was the introduction section in the Grow Your Private Practice book. And I really hope that it started you thinking a little bit about some changes that you might be able to make in the way that you communicate yourself and your counselling within your marketing. Now, I truly believe that if we all pull together on this, we can make a change for the benefit of the potential clients that we have, therapists and the profession as a whole. Now, if you'd like to learn more about the Therapy Rebrand survey that I did, you can access the replay for free on my website. So if you go to janetravis.co.uk forward slash webinar, you can access it there for free. Now, if you want to read more of the Grow Your Private Practice book, it's available now on Amazon. Or if you're ready to start taking action to grow your private practice, then come and join the Grow Your Private Practice membership. I'll share all of those links below, along with a link to the new free resource about how to attract therapy clients by helping and not selling. Okay, that's it for now. I really hope that you found this helpful. And as always, I do love hearing from you. So please come and connect with me. You'll find me on Instagram. It's at Grow Your Private Practice or on LinkedIn. Just search for me, Jane Travis. It's Jane without a Y and come and have a chat with me. How did you find this podcast? What bits did you agree with? What bits didn't you agree with? I'm always hoping to have a conversation. So that's it for today. I hope you have an absolutely fabulous week and I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Take care. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this, then please subscribe to the show. And while you're there, I'd love it if you could leave me a big, shiny five-star review. Bye.